Welcome back to another episode of Young, Young Dumb, Dumb, and, and in, in Love. love. Hey, you're so perfect. I love it. <laughs> hey, I don't know if you know, but May is actually Mental Health oh, Month. Yes, yeah. And uh, we're going to be talking about that today and just yep. our journey through it and what we've, what we've gone through. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to share real quick just a review that we got on oh. our podcast, which is very exciting. If you haven't yet, write a review. Please write a review. We want to hear from you and uh, all that you're saying about our Ooh, podcast. What but we're excited this? to share this. This one is from Katie. Um, she says, obsessed five stars. Let's hey. go. Thank you. Woo. Thank you. I am absolutely <laughs> obsessed with your podcast. I look forward to it every week. Definitely gets my Monday going and some things for me to think about. This week, unpacking baggage really hit home and was extremely helpful and relatable to a T. I love how open, real, honest, and raw you guys are. Wish the episodes were a little bit longer, but that's okay. I will take it. You guys are awesome and can't wait for more episodes. Oh, hey, thank you thank so you, much, Katie. Katie, for leaving that review. Yeah, we really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, it means a lot to us. But hey, we're going to be talking about mental health today and uh, just our journey and all that we've walked through together as a couple. And uh, we call it Young, Dumb, and in Love for a reason. We were young when we got married. We yep. made a lot of dumb choices in our marriage. Um, mostly me, not her, but mostly me. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. we're but but we're still in love, and we've made yeah. it through, and we've gone through hard seasons. And yeah. uh, we just wanted to take time to just talk about this. And this has been on our minds a lot lately because, uh, for me, I've seen a ton of growth in my wife from day one and um to see where she was and where she is today uh it really took work and it took a lot of effort and it took knowing what was going on not just on her side but on my side too i had to know what was actually happening to my wife like what was going on inside of her brain and i remember telling her like hey i don't know what you're feeling or how to feel what you're feeling because i've never felt that in my Definitely. entire life. And it was really, really hard for me. And uh, so it was a journey to walk through that with my wife and to experience that. But but to see her go from where she was to where she is today. Um, actually, there there's something that you used to say. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, from from the pit to promise? Is that what oh, you would say? From pit to promise, yeah. There, It's really, I think it's from a book that I read, which would be a great book actually for me to pull out and kind of yeah. go through some of the stuff in it. Um, but when I used to think like, oh, maybe I'll write a book someday. <laughs> I used to think like from pit to promise, you know, just kind of like how, um, when you're in the struggle of mental health, it feels like a dark, a deep, dark pit. And that's, I mean, I guess for me, that's how I always kind of looked at it in my darkest. Um, but I kind of wanted to just start by saying a couple things. One, I am not a mental health professional. Not at all. Um, you know, I am not licensed in mental health. The experience I have is more of like a firsthand experience, yeah. you know, so I always encourage people to seek out counseling, therapy, whatever that may be. Um, you know, cause this is a great space for us to be able to talk about it, but everyone is different. Everyone's uh, journey is different through it. And so I just always, always want to kind of just make sure people know that they're seeking help in the right spots as yeah. well. This is a great avenue to be able to discuss it and yep. maybe get some um, tips and some thoughts and, uh, but seek that help that you need, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. 
but yeah, put to promise. Yeah. And, and, and I remember you saying that and it's, it rings in my head yeah. whenever we're going through hard times, you know, like, okay, yes, you might be in a pit. Um, but there is a promise that God has for your life. And even, yeah. even the one verse, um, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yeah. I fear no evil. So like I was thinking about that and he doesn't go, though I sit in the valley of the shadow of the death. You know, I, he yeah. doesn't say, though I sit, though I lay, though I anything. Like, he's like, no, though I walk. I am walking yeah, through the valley yeah. of the shadow of death. I'm moving through. I am doing something about what's yeah, going on good. inside of my yeah. life. He's not just sitting in that. He's walking. Yeah. And that's, when it comes to mental health, it is a daily walk that you have to um, do every single day for yourself, for your spouse, for your family. You yeah. have to get up and walk every single day, no matter what it takes. And sometimes yeah. days, some days are harder than others. And some days you don't want to get out of bed. Some days yeah. you just want to sit in your closet or you just want to cry or you yeah. just want to do these things. Yep. Um, and you know what? That's okay. But at the same time, mm. it's so healthy for you to get up and walk out your faith and the promise that God has for your life. Yeah. You know, I don't You could probably speak into that a little bit more because you've, you've been on both sides <laughs> where you've sat in your closet, Yep. but you've also walked it out. Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm going to talk about mental health, I think the hardest part is like, I don't even know where to begin <laughs> because it's like so real. So much of it is there's so much backstory that to just say like, Oh yeah, this was my struggle or this is what I deal with. Just seems yeah. like it doesn't give it the oomph that it really has. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. And so I know this will probably be the next couple episodes just as we try to unpack it. Cause it's almost like it just all comes like flooding back so to true. my mind. Yeah. Um, but to kind of just understand, like I, from the time I was a little girl, you know, struggled with anxiety and lots of different factors that kind of went into that and had to see the school counselor like pretty much once a week just to kind of deal with some things I uh, like some family stuff that I was going through. Yeah. And so from the time I was in elementary school is really when I could go back and kind of start pinpointing like where it started. Um, you know, I would experience like these terrible stomach aches. And so I'd have to go to the counselor because they were like, oh, we think it's like more of a uh, like mental thing that's causing physical yeah. uh, emotions. So you figure that is a long time ago. I mean, that is over what 20 25 years ago yeah. so when you've had something in your life that you don't necessarily pinpoint until you're older it just has time to kind of grow and yeah. and fester and um you know i have to give credit to my mom because she really did uh do everything i feel like she could and in the power that she had and just even like i feel like education with mental health has come so far yeah that even you know i'm in my mid-30s and when I was in elementary school, it wasn't really something you talked about, like no, an elementary kiddo yeah. having like these extreme like anxiety attacks or um, like OCD or things that they would think, you know? Yep. And so it just kind of like progressed the older I got. And there was lots of things I did as a teenager. Even I uh, went to counseling um, and felt like I was probably towards the end of my teenage, like mm, 16, 17, uh, felt like I had a pretty good handle on things. Yeah, for sure. Like I could. Like when I met you, you yeah. I didn't notice anything. You didn't anything. really know. I didn't know anything you about know? it. And, yeah. and I don't think I was trying to keep it like a secret because mm -hmm. it just was like, okay, that was just something I struggled with when I was little. Yeah. Or it's something I outgrew or whatever it was that I thought, 
you know, or maybe I was so busy, you know, you're, I was a teenager and I was in school and I played sports and I was so busy yeah. that I'm not sure I had the time. <laughs> I don't know, but it kind of took a backseat for years. Um, you know, and little things, cause I'm quirky. There's certain things I, that definitely are, you know, probably like mental health related that I do, but that it could come off as just like, almost like cute, maybe like, Oh, it's, it's for sure. I don't know if cute, but like no, maybe I've, just annoying, but like yeah. asking every night, did you check this? Did you check that? Like, you're not thinking that there's like a deeper every night. <laughs> no, it's, stuff. it's real. Hey, did you lock the doors? Yes, babe. Are you sure? Yes, babe. Did you check the oven? Did you check the oven? Yes, babe. So are you sure you locked the doors? Did you yes, babe. I'm just going to go back to the stairs and check them all again real quick, just for you. <laughs> then I'm always like, did you make the coffee? Did you make the coffee? Did you? I'm like, oh my <laughs> Lord, child, please. Coffee yeah. is just more of a preference. Honey, trust me. But I yeah. did it. <laughs> but you know, like in the beginning of our marriage, you would think like, okay, so she's just wants me to double check the door. Like that's not a big deal, but really it was a more of a mental health thing than it wasn't, you yeah. know? So, I mean, we went years without even knowing where I, I don't really knew. think he really knew. I mean, I think we talked about like, Oh yeah. When I was younger, I kind of struggled yeah, with but this. I didn't, I didn't um, know anybody who really struggled that bad with it. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe I did. I just didn't know that they yeah. did. Yeah. Well, and I remember I would tell him like, yeah, like I struggled. Like when I was little, I would have like, like elementary, junior high, like a piece of paper. And if my name wasn't like perfectly written on the little line, I would just throw away papers. Yeah. I mean, there's times I'd have like 20 papers in the trash because my name wasn't like perfect, you know, but if you don't really know a lot about mental health, you can find that annoying or just like, oh, she's just a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. she just expects too much from herself. You know, when that root was really, it was deeper, something deeper. And so unfortunately, because I spent years not really working on it or really giving it any kind of um, thought or attention, it grew yeah. and grew, but like quietly. Quietly grew, yeah. And I didn't, I wasn't aware. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a like a sea monster growing underwater. And you know, you yeah. have no idea how big it really is until it it, it emerges out of the water. Right, and like that Mario game. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of right yeah. now. Where you like your remote shakes. Yeah, and, and shakes whoever and gets pull it the out. biggest like sea monster. Yeah, we're we play Mario a lot with our kids. Yeah, Mario. <laughs> but I mean, all joking aside, yeah, it was just kind of growing, but um, I wasn't trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't really recognize even some of my own patterns, you know? And then I got pregnant. Yep. And I think that it like shifted your hormones or something. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, and I mean, there's lots of speculation, but I got pregnant, uh, did pretty good during pregnancy. I mean, yeah. I was young in my early twenties yep. and then I had, um, Gabby in well, 2012. Yep. And that kind of started that, opening the box, I think, yeah. you know, and, and it kind of got chalked up to postpartum. You know, everyone was like, it's, it's just postpartum, not just, but you know, like that's the easy thing for people to say it's yeah. postpartum. It's cause you had a baby. Okay. You know, so take medicine. Great. Okay. You know, so I start taking medicine and then I start feeling better and then I stopped taking medicine and that kind of went on too for several years over and over yeah do it don't do it yeah do it, and do i it. just thought like well i'm feeling better and i don't want to be on medicine because yeah. i felt like i felt you like felt i different. had a hard i did yeah, yeah. well and, and and um if you have ever taken medication or you are taking medication i would always kind of tell julian like it's hard for me because sometimes i feel like then i don't experience any emotion not yeah. i mean yes of course the great thing is those negative emotions do seem to kind of go away. But then I also felt like I was losing the happy. Oh, 
happy emotion too. It was yeah. like, I just felt sort of flat. Yeah. And so I would stop taking medication or whatever. And so come to 2000 and gosh, I don't know. This I 13 when we moved? 12, 13. So we moved 13, in. 13. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, I did, I, I coped to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, new mom. You were still close to hard. parents. You were still in your home. Yeah. I would go visit like, my parents. Like we lived close to my parents, like close enough that on the weekends when we could Julian drive would there, work, yeah. I would drive down, spend the weekend with my parents. Yeah. And then. So you had, you had ways to deal with it yeah. on a level that you were comfortable with. That was normal for you. Well, I was, I'm life. very, um, routine yeah very much a routine person yeah. so i had a routine i'd get up every morning i went to the gym i worked a part-time job before julian worked in the morning so yep. i would go to work for three hours meet him pick up gabby go home it was a journey you know so i had um processes which yeah. a lot of times of course if you deal with mental health you know that it's you know when you have a good schedule of like i work out i do this i do that it really helps you as you're walking and journeying through yeah so anyway yeah you had your routine. Fast forward, Gabby's like a year and a half years old, yep. and we feel Julian feels like transitions coming, and we end up moving to New Mexico and yeah. um, to to youth pastor and help out with the youth ministry out there at a church, and uh, <clears throat> that when we first got there, like it was it was pretty good, yeah. you know, like things yeah. were going pretty well. Yep. Um, we had our new place, but then we moved into this house that um had a lot of triggers for her and mm -hmm. we we were we were just renting thank god um yeah. but we were renting this house and had a lot of triggers a lot of it had to do with her safety the way she felt uh, when it came to safety we actually lived right next to a main road like our side wall right over that was a main road so cars and then there was a lot of construction going on so there's big old trucks with their compression brakes we're always driving by and it was just it was a poor choice for a house um, but it's and what we ended up with you know yeah. and and literally it that's when it all started and she would be like freaking out about stuff and i'm like babe it's not a big deal like it's okay like we're going to be all right um it's if there's a big wall there's you know and then there was ants in the house and that that caused something and then you know it just it would it con it was like almost like they all the things that were just happening like kind of just compiled yeah. up on top of each other yeah and then all of a sudden one day it was just the sea monster emerged <laughs> you know like it all came out and i'm sitting there in utter shock like what happened to my wife like sh everything's been good and then yeah. right now i like i feel like i'm gonna lose her like that's how bad it is you know yeah well and it was hard because i really didn't feel like i had anyone other than you know julian where i could be like this is what i mean i could talk to fam my parents and and stuff but they were far away and yeah. so here you know i'm i'm still pretty young at this point i mean yeah. i was like 23 no Three, 24, 24 25 yeah. you know and so i'm still pretty young a new-ish mom gabby's just almost two years old and i remember it just feeling like i couldn't i couldn't do it and like yeah. i couldn't function normally and it was starting to just like affect every part of my life yeah and so i mean i tried so so hard and that's the thing is like i mean i would take gabby to the park and i would take her here and take her there you tried very but hard. i just did not like being in that house it's like that house became this like trap and this like prison and so i would like lay in the closet like he said we had like this closet and it had like these little like shutter doors and I would just like lay in there because it was dark and it was quiet, you know? And so Julian would come home from work and if he was home from work, I would just like lay in the closet and just be like, you can watch Gabby. I just, I have to go 
do whatever. And it was just starting to affect every single facet of my life. Like I could barely function. I could function to take care of Gabby, but had it not been for Gabby, I'm not really sure what level of functioning I would be doing. Um, you know, and then I would have like these little, like, Oh, I'm doing pretty good, you know? Um, but unfortunately at the time I did not feel like the community that we were connected to was a safe space for me to be able to be honest about my mental health struggles. Um, you know, and that's a very sad, I really, I hope it's not like that anymore, but I, it's sad to see that some, um, faith communities, churches don't necessarily have a very good grasp on helping people with mental health and coming alongside them. And so I just really didn't feel like I had that safe space. And so, I mean, that's really, I would say those few years we lived in New Mexico, almost three years, it just got got worse and And worse worse and worse. And I did go on and off medication. Um, and it got to a point we moved out of that house. We got a new house and I really thought like, okay, yeah, it's going to be better now. Like I'm going to do so much better now. And it did. And and it did for a minute, you know, I would say like we had really good moments in that new house. And I mean, we we were walking distance from Chick Fil A and movie theater and we (laughs) had all the things right there. There were things. I mean, I had these like little, um, moments or, you know, seasons, small seasons that felt so good. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, how can I like capture this and put it in a bottle and remember this when I need it? And it would just, you know, and again, I wasn't very consistent, like on and off medication. I did, um, there was a, you know what, there was a counselor at the church at the time, which was awesome. And I really do credit that, give a lot of credit to that. For sure. Um, and so I got to meet with her and she was she was great. And it really, it was a lifeline. I really looked forward to, I met with her once a week. I got back on my medication, um, for probably like the fifth time. Um, and you know, I, I really do feel like I tried. Yeah. And it got to a point where, um, another thing triggered there's, I mean, I won't really go specifically, but if you have dealt with mental health, you know, that certain things just trigger and I just couldn't get back from it. Couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't get I out. I couldn't of it. get out of it. Yeah, and it got to the point where, um, you know, where I, I, like I said, I didn't know what to do. It was new for me, um, and so I, we got to the point where I had to like go. Okay, um, let's get some people around you. We need to keep a watch on you. Like yeah. I, I literally was scared for her life, um, and and it was really hard because I didn't know what to do or how to deal with it. I was having conversations with a lot of people asking a lot of questions and, um, really it came down to, okay, what's the most important thing here? Julian's job and what he does or, um, Brittany's health and her life, you know, like that's, that's what we'd ask ourselves. And so it was a journey to, to really walk down this path of, um, okay, I'm not going to have a job anymore. Yeah. I have nothing to do because there's yeah. nowhere to go, but I'm going to sacrifice. And so we ended up making the decision after all of that to move back to Washington. And, um, we actually moved in with your parents Yeah, for one um, year, for one year. And yeah. And, uh, I didn't have any like hopeful opportunities really that mm-hmm. were exciting <laughs> and because I was living on top of the world at my last job, like that was like, that was the place, not the place exactly, but that was like the job 
the position, everything that I loved and was passionate about. And I, and I was doing really well. And I gave it all up so, so that we can focus on her health and just do that and move completely away and stuff yeah. like that. And move in with her parents was just super humbling because yeah. we've been out of the house for so many years. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we had been married for 10 years, yeah. I think. Yeah. We had our 10th, yeah, our 10th anniversary like that yeah. year that we um, moved back. And here's the thing, like, I don't, you know, people are like, well, that's not going to solve all her problems, you know, just moving her back there. And I totally agree. I mean, it was, but it gave us a safe space to really figure it out, figure it out and, and, heal. and gave us that extra support, like with Gabby too, because, you know, I wanted to make sure that we kept her life as normal as possible, <sighs> yeah. which got really hard. You know, when you're suffering with mental health and you have kiddos and you want to give them the best life and you care so deeply, I mean, you love them more than anything else. And so you, it's like, you want them to thrive. And so that was kind of another thing is we just felt like the best thing at that time. Yeah. And I think it was right. You know, you, you, of course I felt yeah, I don't really regret bad it. I don't regret it at all. Because of course I'm looking at Julian thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Um, anyway, all of that backstory, which is really long. That's why I said this mental health could probably turn into a couple episodes to talk about how, when you're the spouse that doesn't necessarily deal with mental health yeah. or you're the spouse who has mental health, kind of talking about like, how do you process this huge thing? You married this person, <laughs> then you're like, whoa, like you're crazy. I did not crazy, sign up for this. You know? and, <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> and, and when you haven't dealt a lot with mental health yeah. and you haven't watched someone deal with mental health or don't know a lot about that, yeah. and then you realize that the person you're sharing a bed with might be a little unstable at the moment and really be struggling with some things. How do you navigate that? Yeah. And how do you maintain a marriage, maintain a relationship, maintain, you know, all of that when you're looking at the person that you married going, holy crap, I didn't know that these thoughts were in their head or I didn't realize that this was something we were going to, you know, journey through. Yeah. Which, you know, I think that it's not only mental health, you know, it might be that your spouse ends up, you know, being diagnosed with something or whatever it may be, yeah. but how do you navigate in mental health? Like, how did you, it's so hard to put words to it. Like, what would you say your feeling was right off the bat? How yeah. did you navigate it? How do you continue to like educate yourself? Like, yeah. what, what would you say? Well, I had to, I had to make the personal decision to say, okay, for better or for worse. Yeah. And this might be one of the worst times of our marriage because it is really, really hard. Um, obviously, you know, I have my own needs that need to get met and she and she's struggling and I can't, in that moment, how can I even expect her to meet any of my needs because yeah. she's can't, she can't even function. Um, yeah, and so yeah. that that's probably a part of the biggest struggle with people who are married to, to people who are dealing with anything that has to do with mental health because... Um, because we're, we're naturally selfish people, you know, like that's naturally who we are and what we do. Um, and so marriage has to become truly, you, it really has to be selfless. Mm -hmm. And if you're not selfless, then you probably shouldn't get married. Like that's something you got to learn how to be and how to do is just be a selfless person because your spouse, you have, they have to come first above yourself. Of it, no matter what. And now you, that doesn't mean you don't focus on yourself and you don't have 
self-awareness and you you know you you got to fill yourself up too but um so i had to figure that out for myself what what's going to fill me up deep now you know because my wife cannot meet those needs um and so for me like i had to look at her and like i said choose for better for worse i and i'm gonna choose her and in this moment when I, i remember looking at her and just my heart for the very first time like started to feel somebody else's pain and because yeah. i'm not i'm not like the most what would it be empathy <laughs> yeah. I, I i'm not the most empathetic person out i mean i there. think it comes from you being just really positive like yeah. you try to have positive because you care about people well, but you're not one to necessarily feel someone else's pain well naturally. I've, I've had to learn how not to feel people's pain too much bec- because being a pastor for 15 years um I've sat with so many broken, hurting people that, man, like it's depressing to go home and take all that on and then go home and like carry that weight because you, you naturally want to carry that weight because you care so much for those people. And so I've had to learn how to separate my brain to not carry people's weight um, and take it home, you know? And so because of that, I think it almost turned me into a less empathetic person because I mean, I'm I like, think that naturally, you yeah, probably I think weren't naturally, like the most empathetic person. But, I, but it's, but it's, but for yes, me, it was, it was saying. a, like you, you it was have a, to learn how to like, it was a practice thing yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to be bogged down by, um, all the things I had to yes. work with yeah. when it comes to the people in our church. Yeah. And so, uh, so I had to like relearn how to, feel her pain. And once I did, um, I had to, you know, and it took, it took prayer. It took time. It took effort. Um, but like I, I literally started to feel what she was feeling and, and it hurt and it broke my heart. And I think because I felt what she felt and my heart started to break for her, it was easy to do whatever it takes to take care of her and to get her healthy and sorry, I have the hiccups and, um, <laughs> that's okay. And to get her and to get her healthy. And so I, water. but I, but I, it's a choice I had to make though. Like at the end of the day, it didn't come naturally. Yeah. I had to make the, the actual choice to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my wife becomes healthy again, because I know who she is. I know what makes her happy. I know the best part of Brittany. And so my job is to bring her back to that place. And so whether it cost me $30,000 or it just took time or it took me quitting a job or moving across the country, it didn't matter. Like at the end of the day, when I quit and we moved, nothing else mattered. The only thing that mattered was my wife. Even when we moved, like I sent her home and I finished packing up the house and I drove across the country um, and just made it happen because I needed to take care of her and yes, it was hard and it was, it was really, really hard to be selfless in that sense. Um, but I went to bed putting, I went to bed every night knowing that I'm doing what I can to take care of my wife because she comes first. Yeah. So above everything else. Um, I think in that season you kind of transitioned from, I mean, yes, you're still partners, but you became a caretaker of me and you know, it, it was a lot. It was. And like, I wouldn't eat. Yeah. Just like wouldn't eat. Cause yeah. I'd be like, I fed Gabby, but like, I'm, I mean, you, you dropped a lot of weight yeah. during that season. Like she was, uh, very, n- just not healthy, unhealthy. Very yeah. Unhealthy. Just very unhealthy mentally, physically. Um, I just couldn't see reality. And that was the yeah. thing is he could have told me 
over and over and over again. That's not true. That's not true. How you're feeling isn't true, but that is how I felt. And that's what I believed. And so I think one of the things, and even in future, the next episode, we could talk about like how you had to stop telling me what you wanted to say and start speaking to me differently. Even, yeah, I did. Um, you know, and, and be calm and, and all these things that were not necessarily a natural reaction to what someone was saying. Well, naturally it was frustrating. It's, yeah, very frustrating. And I can see it because, you know, when, when you love someone so much and you see that they're so down and they're in such a place of darkness, you want to be like, come on, like, just get out of it. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, come on, yeah. come on, come yeah. on. And I think, you know, cause Julian is more naturally, um, optimistic and happy. It was hard for him not to just be like, I don't understand why you just can't be happy. Like just be happy. And I, I mean, I was thinking it, you know, and, and so then I think what happens is the person who's struggling just feels more shame and afraid to tell that person how they feel, you know, because then I'm like, well, you're just going to tell me to be happy. And literally if I could feel happy, I'd feel happy, you know, but for me, it wasn't that easy. You know, there was so much more going on. Um, you know, and so, yeah, we moved back to Washington and I, um, like we kind of, it was a new journey of just like, okay, how do I get healthy? And I mean, I still had to walk all the steps, you know, take my medication and, um, you know, like talk through things with therapists, whatever it may be. Um, but I started to like, started to kind of become myself again, you know, and, and I don't, it's hard to say, I think like exactly what it was that really triggered, you know, I mean, I went through a lot, a lot of therapy with, I mean, I had a, um, had to go through and do a bunch of like things my family had struggled with, dig deep into like my childhood and what happened and how did you get to this place? But I think a lot of it just boiled down to, um, I felt a lack of safety and security, you know? And so I had to walk through that. And so now you know, you fast forward and I'm still walking these steps every day, just differently, you know, and it's been years. You figure yeah. it's been eight years. Yeah. Um, since then, since we moved and there, and then I don't know how many years since we, and we don't even live in Washington now. We moved, now we, we moved back Arizona. to Washington in 2016. 2016. So six years yep. ago. Um, you know, still like recognizing triggers. And I had to do a lot of hard work. I think that's the thing is you see someone, um, like, what did you say the other day on worship and creative? Like, don't judge someone's like, don't judge your journey. Oh, don't compare, don't compare yourself to someone else. Don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle um, because you don't know the journey that they've walked through. Yes. And I, that was so good. And I know you were talking more like creative or what, like pastoral. But for me, it was like my mental health journey. Like if you look at someone now who, you know, maybe from the outside, someone's like, yeah, but now she's, you know, she has a real estate, um, you know, she is a realtor and she's doing well in that. And she has a podcast and she has this and, and whatever it may be, (laughs) they don't see that I'm still every day. Every day. I get up early before everyone wakes up. I get in the word. I pray. I go on long walks to to. clear my mind. I work out, I eat healthy. I have to do these things to continue the journey I'm on. Because if I don't keep walking, you know, I'm like, I could roll backwards. And so, you know, having that and that support from Julian, I mean, really, I, I tell Julian, like you helped save my life. Yeah. And I'm so grateful 
so, so grateful because instead of him looking at me and just shaming me and hating me or becoming bitter, he loved me enough to see who I really am, see what I could be again, and just continue to call out that goodness in me. Like you are an amazing woman and you are going to make it through this. And, and he gave me space to be that while also smothering me with love love. and attention and food to make sure I ate. Yeah, for sure. Because he didn't want me to get too skinny. Trying to feed her like a baby birdie. Um, (laughs) But I have since gained all that weight back, so do not be concerned for me. (laughs) And some. Um, But I, the testimony now that you can give and that we can give to our marriage I say that our marriage is so much stronger yeah, and that really we can take on anything because when we walked through that season, it was really our darkest season. Yeah. You know, and other people they have, you know, maybe infidelity is their darkest season or a loss of a child. Um, you know, ours was a mental health and that was our dark. I mean, I would say that was our darkest Valley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we journeyed through it. And so now when things come, we've like developed this, this grit that came from that season. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Um, you said it perfectly there. We developed a grit. We developed muscles. Um, it's just like working out, you know, you have to develop your muscles to be stronger in certain areas, you know, and you can't, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't just do one workout and show up the next day and be a bodybuilder and, and, compete in a competition like you actually have to you mean you can't just like sign up for a half marathon and then <laughs> well, like run it like okay a month and a half later okay you don't have to bring up the past be sick and <laughs> then get the c word oh yes okay that cool. happens yeah. um, but, no, I and, know but i'm yeah. a testimony to why you shouldn't just show up to <laughs> <laughs> to things you have not trained for um but yeah it truly is it's a it's a daily it's a daily thing and and like she said this is this isn't something that you can't judge her middle to someone else's. If you're there yes, at, yeah, at the very, yeah. if you're there at the very beginning, um, yeah. you can't look at her and be like, "Well, why is she doing is so she good?" Doing like, so much better. Yeah. Um, she's doing better. Yes, is she does. She still struggle and still work through it every single day. Absolutely, um, but it's taken. I mean, we're six years in to from our darkest valley i mean we're six years though from the time that we moved back i mean it started yeah it like started eight, eight or years nine ago, years ago you yeah, know and really yeah we're we're i mean so technically we're we're eight years in we're i mean it's taken a lot of effort um even last week i mean even last week she was going through it and i'm like okay babe like what's going on and i'm just trying to talk to her we're bringing her out of it and but the you know, hopeful thing i think people can have is that like last week was a hard week for me but we recognized it. We talked about exactly. it. Exactly. You gave me space to work through it. I didn't have to feel shame or embarrassed. You know what I mean? And so it's like you can develop this. I don't. I don't want to say system, but almost like this. You recognize it. You know. And it's not that I want to have this struggle forever. And trust me, like I've asked the Lord, like, yeah. okay, how come I'm still like, how come I still have these things? And and it's a daily process. Yeah. It just is. And I don't know what that looks like for me five, 10, 15, 20 years from now. Maybe it won't be a struggle anymore, you know, but I have to work every day. Yeah. And so the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about this from two perspectives. Um, We're going to talk about my side and just what I did to help her, Uh, but not only to help her, but to how to help me. 
Um, and my ultimate goal is that if you're a husband out there and you have a wife who's going through this, man, I, I don't want you to give up. I want you to learn how to work through this for better or for worse, that you truly take that to heart and that you can become someone who really walks her through the journey um, and helps her and understands her and become a student yeah. of what she's going through because yeah. I didn't know any of this, but I had to become a student and learn all that she's going through. Maybe it's the husband who's struggling Mm -hmm. and the tips will help the wife know how to come alongside her husband. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, Hey, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to our channel. Make sure you hit that like button. Hey, we're on Instagram, young, dumb and in love. We're on Twitter. No, we're not on Twitter. Why do I keep saying that? We're on TikTok. Uh, young, dumb, and in love. That's where we get a little bit more spicy on TikTok. Just you know, it's fun. Spicy. But uh, <laughs> but make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, and share it with everyone you can. And if you can, yeah. please leave a review. And uh, can't wait till next week where we continue talking about this. Yeah. We'll see ya.